You are listening to So You Want to Read Tolkien, a podcast that goes through each of J.R.R. Tolkien's main works, chapter by chapter, and discusses them in a most ridiculous manner. One does not simply walk into Mordor. I would cut off your head, dwarf, if it stood but a little higher from the ground. We've had one, yes. What about second breakfast? Yeah, Till at last I threw down my enemy and smote his ruin upon the mountainside. What's happening out there? Shall I describe it to you? Or would you like me to find you a box? Now, don't be hasty, Master Miriado. Is this new devil right? Hello and welcome to So You Want to Read Tolkien. This week we're reading The Two Towers, Book 3, Chapter 8, The Road to Isengard. I'm Caitlin, and I just found a bottle of wine I'd forgotten we had, and I'm now drinking miracle wine. I'm Rachel, and I'm going to a six-hour-long concert tomorrow, and I'm already tired thinking about it. I don't know why I made this life choice. Because it's going to be awesome. I'm Emmy, and I am currently in the middle of reading 13 different novels, and my brain is going to explode. That's a, that's a life choice, Emmy. It's too many. It's, I mean, normally I can shuffle like between three and six, would be like average, because I'm a big mood reader, but um, I also generally just like sit down and read a novel from start to finish in a mm-hmm. few hours. But once I put a book down, it takes a long time for me to get back to it. And now, 13. Yikes. I have to commit to going back to some of them, and I don't know how. I mean, the other option is... Abandon all of them. Bonfire. <laughs> some bonfire. of them are audiobooks, so should she burn her phone? I mean... <laughs> It would make pretty colors. It would. God. See, we're problem God, solvers. It's stressing me out already. I don't recommend making s'mores on that particular fire, though. Mmm, <laughs> tastes like silicon. This week's characters. We've got Gandalf, who's just kind of like there in this chapter, being wizardly yep. and having very wizard things to say. He's and I very like Gandalf. Wizards. And then we've got Aragorn, who... Did he even have any lines in this chapter? He had one. I don't remember it. I I know it because I remark on it, and I think that's his only one. <laughs> I really think it is. He's so glad there's another person here to make choices for him. There's like two people, because there's a wizard and a king, and he's like, mm. I'm out, bitches. <laughs> and a tree beard. <laughs> right? And then there's Legolas and Gimli. One likes forests, one likes caves. Can I make it any more obvious? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> okay, Avril. I gotta support those Canadian artists out there. Oh my god, uh, is she Canadian? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. Okay. Any Canadian <laughs> will cool. be able to tell you all Canadian celebrities ever. I can start listing like alphabetically. It's fine. <laughs> and then we've got Theoden, the King of Rohan, who is sad about a certain character's death, but still hasn't said a word about his son, who is also dead. And I thought that was a little funny. You're right. Yep. That's weird. And then we have mentions of Hama, 
who is no longer able to run for president in 2020. And we are heartbroken. It's this because he's so dead. It's not because he caused a political scandal. Yeah, he's, he's, the, he's the dead character. And then there's Urkenbrand, who's just sort of still there. Lord of the Westfold. We all like him because we don't know anything about him. Yep. And Hasn't screwed anything up yet. Marion Pippin are back and are now Woo! the gate wardens of Isengard and are not that great at their jobs. Treebeard also back. And we've got some Ents and some trees. And they're all kind of creepy. At least to Gimli. Yep. Poor Gimli has it rough. And I think that's everyone. I don't remember anyone else. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of people like people everyone. got mentioned. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. You didn't talk about AMR. <laughs> oh. He's alive. He of the majestic hair. He has a bunch of talking in this chapter. Caitlin. Yeah. It was 3 a.m. when I read this book. Chapter. Is alive. <laughs> Friends with Gimli. Theoden's nephew, new heir, you know. Theoden's nephew. I'm writing this out. <laughs> and new heir. Because once again, Theoden's son is dead. He's dead. And nobody cares. Yep. Nobody brings it I'm up. Just sweeping that under the rug. Do they even mention it? No. Nope. Not in this chapter. No. They did. They mentioned it in the got, chapter like, where we met Theoden. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think it's ever come up again. Except for no, and the they very talk beginning about, of the Helm's Deep where they were like, hmm, who's going to be my heir? I guess Aomer. Uh, they talk about a lot of dead people in this one and making graves and all these things. But what happened to Theodred's body? Where is he? Why does nobody care? Yep. Apparently this information is divulged somewhere because I looked it up, but I don't know. Maybe in appendices? Maybe I just don't know. Next chapter? I don't know. Theoden was like proper sad about his son's death in the movie. So I assumed it would le- at least be mentioned in the book. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Maybe that's why they did it in the movie. To make like, it very clear wrong. the heir was dead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. Short summary. Yeah. Fine. I guess. The short summary <laughs> for this chapter is that Hama is dead and there's, I mean, there's nothing else in this chapter that's important. He left us too soon. Um, but also everybody travels to Isengard and what is left of our fellowship besides Sam and Frodo is reunited. And it's so sweet. It is very sweet. Yep. Friends. Um, so yeah, chapter starts a moment after the end of battle with the whole crew gathered outside of Helm's Deep. Theoden and Gandalf and Aragorn and Legolas and Urkenbrand are out there from the Great Charge. And then out from the dike comes those who had been driven underground, including Gamling and Aomer and Gimli. Yay, not dead. Gamling. I was trying to remember that dude's name. Sorry, carry on. Yep, we leave him soon. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Gimli, Gimli has a bandage on his head, um, but he's otherwise pretty cheerful. And his final count is 42, but it's he's sad because the last orc he killed had an iron collar and it notched his axe, which is sad. But he beat Legolas by one. Hooray! Can I just say, that's really weird to me, given that Legolas is an archer and so could have started killing people earlier. He did! That's the whole point! Legolas know, we'll was just... up like 20 to 2 at the beginning, but then he ran out of arrows and then Gimli caught back up. It's just so weird to me. Anyway. You know, in the book, I'm totally cool with it. In the movie, it makes zero fucking sense. No. Yeah. Because they have Legolas like down and... the whole ladders with mm-hmm. full of orcs that are like probably 40 right there. 
Yeah. 40 so, seems like a no, low it number. it definitely doesn't. I also get mad at the whole thing in the movie at the end where it's like, you know, he like shoots the one that Gimli's sitting on and it's like, and Gimli's like, he's twitching because he has my axe in his nervous system. And I'm like, this is BS, not in the book. And also they don't know what nervous systems are. <laughs> it's very Peter Jackson. Yeah. Like, I don't know why that's the thing that gets me, but it's like, you guys do not have the concept of medicine that would get you the understanding of a nervous system. Is this is this your Boromir ha- holding the ring scene? I think it is. <laughs> I don't know why I hate that scene so much, but it's the nervous system. No. Anyway. Yeah. Well, but also, these- I think it's it's partly because, like, it's like, they need to one-up each other, and it has so much more of a vibe of Legolas being, like, stuck up. When oh, here, this yeah. whole thing is, like, they were being really good-natured about it and going back and forth, and it's, you know, Legolas is constantly, like, you know, I don't, I need to know Gimli is alive, and also here's what my count is, but, you know, and then here in the yeah. end, he's not even sad to have lost because Gimli's alive. It's really, like, good fun between friends and not... And not, yeah. Yeah, trying to yeah, I, I, prove I something, yeah. Anyway, yay friendship. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that should, that should be the actual title of this chapter. Yay friendship. Just yay friendship. That's really it. It's the whole thing. It's just yay friendship. Uh, Theoden is happy too because he sees Aemir is alive. Uh, meanwhile, Aemir is glad to see Gandalf and remarks that he has once again come unlooked for in the hour of need. And Gandalf is like, wait, wait, wait. I told you I'd meet you here. And Amher's like, yeah, but you didn't say when or how. But you he are- did RSVP. <laughs> he did. He did, but like he RSVP'd to a party that was like, show up. It's like saying like, <laughs> we should hang out sometime and then just showing up on your doorstep the next day at the very end of a different party. <laughs> but anyway. in a welcome way, like but showing up at a, at a lame party. He showed party. up with like a broom. No, not even a broom. He showed up with like all of the woodland creatures coming to clean your house like you're in a Disney movie. Right, yeah. Anyway, Amor's like, you are a very mighty wizard. And Gandalf is all, yes, I am, but I actually haven't done anything yet. Everyone. <laughs> yes, I am, but how do you know that? Right? <laughs> I don't actually do much wizarding in these books. <laughs> Other than um, my general... But I told you I'd meet here. How did you not know I was going to be here? <laughs> like that's that's his that's his wizard power. Yep. Expecting everybody to know exactly what he means when he doesn't never says mm-hmm. what he means. He's just, he's so much Gandalf in this chapter, just mm-hmm. constantly coy. Um, but yeah, at this, everyone pointedly looks at the trees, which have appeared out of nowhere, and Gandalf saw. Hmm, nope that that wasn't actually me. And uh, when everyone asks, like, uh, then what? Uh, he says that it was not wizardry at all, but an older power, and recites this nice little poem. Ere iron was found, or tree was hewn, when young was mountain under moon, ere ring was made, or rot was woe, it walked the forests long ago. Okay, so I have to interrupt. I'm so sorry. That is a very nice poem. But as we know, the ants were made before the moon. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it, it still walked then, to be fair, but mm. yeah, they were made before the moon. So it doesn't make sense. Mm. Come on, Gandalf. Get your story straight. Yeah. Someone failed history. He was literally Mm-mm-mm. there for it, so I don't know how. He was on the other continent, though. Anyway, the point of this is actually that he still speaks in riddles. 
Yes. Because he's Gandalf. Uh, and Theoden just, you know, does what everyone does to Gandalf and asks for a straight answer. Uh, to which Gandalf replies, he'll have to come to Isengard to see. Damn it, Gandalf. Uh, I Theoden? Mean, I like it. It's better than just getting them sitting down and being like, all right, I'm going to tell you a history lesson. I mean, that's fair. Especially since we know. You yeah. Know, we don't really need them sitting down and just saying it. But he's still just Gandalfing. Um, a new verb. <laughs> to Gandalf. <laughs> uh, Theoden is very concerned about the idea of going to Isengard because there aren't enough men to lay siege to it. But Gandalf says it won't be necessary. Still don't know why, but. No big deal. We'll get there. It's the name of the chapter. Uh, plans are then made for all to rest for the night before a small party goes to Isengard for parley and not battle. I appreciated that they needed some sleep. Right. They're like, um, yeah, we'd love to go post haste, but can we rest from the battle first? Very D&D. Yep. <laughs> Very I need like... my spell slots back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm at five hit points. If we go anywhere, I die. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be Theoden, Aemer, and 20 men, plus Gandalf, Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli, who won't stay behind even though he's hurt. And Aragorn says his one line, which is offering to tend to Gimli's wound. It's right, very I'd sweet. I forgotten about that. Yep. It is very sweet. Yep. Everyone's got to make sure Gimli's taken care of. This is the friendship chapter, and I just love it so much. It's... Really, really wonderful friendship. Uh, so those who are in the selected company to head to Isengard rest, well, the other people turn to the usual post-battle stuff. Uh, all of the orcs are dead at this point, but there are still some hillmen alive, and the people of Rohan let them live and set them to work fixing things up. The hillmen are super in awe because Saruman had told them that they would be burned alive if taken captive. So, you know, the people of Rohan are nice colonizers. It's fine. Mm, you know, yeah. not going to burn you. Just, yeah. you know, condescendingly take your weapons and say, work, work, then go home and don't attack us again. Pat, pat, you're fine. We yeah, still took your land. Yeah. really sucked. And it was very much like revisionist history. Go back to mm. your land. Don't come into ours. Yeah. Rude. Anyway. Mm -hmm. But we're going to leave it behind because that's what we do. Uh, the... Orc bodies are piled up, and two burial mounds are made for the men of Rohan, with those of the East Dales on one side and those of Westfold on the other. And then there's one alone for Hama, who was too good for this world. I miss him already. I mean, what are we going to do without that common sense? We shall now have a moment of silence. And onward. Sorry. <laughs> I don't think people want to listen to a podcast full of silence morning for Hama. <laughs> uh, um, they don't know what to do with the orc bodies, but Gandalf says to leave them be and maybe the morning will bring new counsel. He, they don't actually remark upon this in the morning. We'll find out what happens, but he's just like, maybe the morning will say something. Anyway, I'm out of here. Bye. <laughs> the, the morning, the company prepares to depart and Theoden is... Really, really sad about Hama. And not a son, just Hama. <laughs> I choose to think he's projecting. Probably. Especially because I think he's like, Hama, the captain of my guard, but you last demoted him to errand boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did. But he was a really good errand boy. He was a really good errand boy. No, they probably said nicer words to each other after that, but we didn't see them. Uh, but 
The uh, group begins to leave, but they hesitate at the edge of the wood. Gandalf leads them forward into an archway in the trees where the road still goes through. The sky is open above, but all is dark on either side, and there's no sign of any living creature. Uh, this Legolas and Gimli are riding together on a horse because Gimli is afraid and needs his friend. <laughs> Legolas actually wishes he could walk about in the forest to hear the voices of the trees and try to understand their thoughts. Gimli is all hell no to this. He knows what they think, and it's hatred of all things on two legs. Uh, Legolas says that, no, it's orcs they hate. They know little of elves and men since they're from the depths of Fangorn. Uh, I actually thought that bit was funny about the two legs, because ants walk on two legs. <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> yes. I mean, I guess, I guess Gimli doesn't know that. Mm -hmm. Or Gimli was, yeah, mm -hmm. not... He doesn't know about yeah. ants. Right. But anyway, Gimli says that Legolas must think the woods wonderful, but he has seen the greatest wonder in Middle-earth, and it was the caves beneath Helm's Deep. Uh, and he's actually offended that they call them caves and just use them for storage because they are so beautiful, dwarves would make pilgrimage just to see them. And here's where Legolas says, well, he is glad to have not gone in the caves. And... Gimli is like, no, 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 you don't understand. You know how fair you think the halls in Mirkwood are, which dwarves helped make long ago? They're nothing compared to these awesome caves. See, Ooh. this bit makes me really upset about the movie because the movie just made them like some ugly old storage caves. I know. And like, I was really excited to see these beautiful, beautiful caves. Right. Make some caves, darn it. I mean, me they put in some good stalagmites and stalactites, but... But no, it, they weren't like this, this like dwarves would make pilgrimage to see caves. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, not no. the I we're will bring my elf friend to look at these exquisite in our on our honeymoon eternal partnership. What? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I am I, because of what we didn't get to see in the movies. Um, going to read the little section of Gimli going on and on about them because he just won't stop talking. And I love it so much. I love how your page numbers are in the 100s and mine are in the 600s. <laughs> I know. Like, nope, went back to the beginning. Um, so yeah. And Legolas, when the torches are kindled and men walk on the sandy floors under the echoing domes, ah, then Legolas, gems and crystals and veins of precious ore glint in the polished walls, and the light glows through folded marbles, shell-like, translucent as the living hands of Queen Galadriel. There are columns of white and saffron and dawn rose Legolas, fluted and twisted into dreamlike forms. They spring up from many colored floors to meet the glistening pendants of the roof. Wings, ropes, curtains fine as frozen clouds, spears, banners, pinnacles of suspended palaces. Still lakes mirror them. A glimmering world looks up from dark pools covered with clear glass. Cities such as the mind of Durin could scarce have imagined in his sleep stretch on through avenues and pillared courts, on into the dark recesses where no light can come. And plink, a silver drop falls, and the round wrinkles in the glass make all the towers bend and waver like weeds and corals in a grotto of the sea. Then evening comes, they fade and twinkle out, the torches pass on into another chamber and another dream. There's chamber after chamber, Legolas, hall opening out of hall, dome after dome, stair beyond stair, and still the winding paths lead on into the mountain's heart. Caves, the caverns of Helm's Deep, happy was the chance that drove me there. It makes me weep to leave them. Um, 
applause. Yeah, it was intense. Thank you, thank you. That was good. That was very good. (laughs) Anyway, I love how he just, like, keeps saying, Legolas, these rocks. Legolas, Legolas. (laughs) (laughs) They're so cool, Legolas. Yeah. It's really good. Mm. The repeating of the name just... It's so good. It also, I mean, paints a perfect picture. Mm-hmm. Both of like his excitement and also the majesty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it so much. It's so good. Gimli, such a good boy. And like, there's that bit where Legolas is all like, maybe it's good that the dwarves don't know about it because they would, you know, mine. And Gimli's like, how dare you? Mm-hmm. We would never. It's too beautiful. Yeah. Like, we would uh, never chip ever. Away, one would just chip a day. Heighten the beauty and... <laughs> I, I do have my doubts about that, but... Me too. The know. moment he was like, we would yeah. ship slowly, I, get, I, I mean, was like, yeah. Would you, though? I mean, I can see where Gimli wouldn't, but I don't know about everybody mm-hmm. else. Right, exactly. Gimli, you're, you're a good boy, but dwarves as a whole, when set loose, historically, has not ended well. That's why there's literally a Balrog in the world again. Yeah. <laughs> or there was. Mm. Yep. And you know that whole Arkenstone business. Yeah. That your father was involved in. Yeah, that's why I would trust Gimli, you know, because mm-hmm. he has like, Gimli knows connections to some shit. Yeah, he's he's dealt with that hubris or whatever. Uh, problematic yep. dwarf stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, Legolas is moved by Gimli's passion and they end up striking a bargain that if they survive all this in the end, Gimli will visit Fangorn with Legolas and then Legolas will visit the glittering caves with Gimli. If I hadn't already read these books, I would now assume they were both going to die. It's true. That's, That's sort so of the setup. Yep. But anytime luckily, when characters make future plans, I immediately go, you're not going to be here for this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Or like one or the other of you is going to die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. Tolkien doesn't actually kill all that many people. Except for Hama. <laughs> Poor Hama. Hama spoke too much sense. Couldn't stick around. <gasps> That's true. Somebody would realize that he was more useful than the King of Gondor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you're king now, Hama. (laughs) Congrats. I'm just going to go back to being a ranger. (laughs) These are the days of the king. (laughs) And they were good and pragmatic. I bet if that happened... George R. R. Martin would have realized that, yes, he would be a good king, and we don't need to write all these books actually exploring what happens to a good man when he becomes king. Anyways, carry on. Yep. Uh, Yeah, so we're still riding along, (laughs) and uh, everyone emerges from the trees, and Gimli asks Gandalf what awaits them at Isengard. Gandalf is very, very coy and says he doesn't know for sure. He was only there at nightfall the day before. Gandalf. I know. Like, they're just looking for some ends. That's what's mm-hmm. going to be there. And Gandalf's like, I don't know what state the whole thing is going to be in. And I'm like, no, no, no. They want right. they want the small answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not the, well, they might be eating crumpets for breakfast, or they might be eating scones. <laughs> Maybe the they'll be smoking. Questions. Maybe they won't. <laughs> um, but yeah, as they emerge... From the trees, Legolas looks back at them and sees eyes looking out from the forest. And he immediately, of course, goes, Ooh, eyes in the forest. I want to go look. Because he's an idiot. God. <laughs> and he starts to ride back to look at them with Gimli absolutely panicking on the horse behind him. I'm so Gimli in this situation. <laughs> no, no, Legolas, no. <laughs> like, 
Nope, nope, nope. I'm jumping off. Yep. <laughs> just let me just tilt sideways. Um, Gandalf does stop him riding towards the forest and out walk three creatures who are 12 feet tall, stout as young trees, many fingered with long limbs and stiff hair and beards gray green as moss. You'll never guess who they are. <laughs> I prefer to think one of them is Quick Beam. Uh, uh, no, we know where he is. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'll cut that out then. Nope, you don't have to. He's he's guarding Orthanc. Well, I shouldn't read at three in the morning. Carry on. <laughs> it's okay. I, for whatever reason, I've remembered all of the minutiae of this chapter, which mm-hmm. is just weird. Because um, there were a lot of random mentions of people's names and stuff. But nope, these uh, Ents call off to the north and some other ones come in answer. Uh, Gandalf names them herdsmen. And indeed, they ignore the party and vanish back into the wood. Theoden asks where their flock is, and Gandalf says that they are the shepherds of the trees. And asks if Theoden uh, remembers his fireside tales and says that children in his kingdom could name what they are because they're Ents. At this, Theoden is amazed and remarks on how little he knows of the rest of the world. Gandalf says that he should be grateful, for now he knows more of what creatures of the world are also endangered in these times. Uh, Theoden is, however, kind of sad about this, too, because however the war goes, many things that are fair and beautiful shall be gone forever. Uh, Gandalf does agree that the evil of Sauron cannot be completely undone, but they are already doomed to these days, so they must go on with the journey that they are on. It's a really nice sentiment, but isn't put quite as poetically as, like, he tells it to Frodo. Right. and But also, I thought that whole exchange was very much like, this book is written by a man who was a soldier in World War One. Mm-hmm. Not that that's bad. It was just very much, we like, as tell. much as Tolkien mm-hmm. would say that his experiences did not inspire these books at all, you mm-hmm. can definitely Bullshit. hear where they inspire his his life view at, at any rate. And, like, of course they do. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, right. I mean, even if you win... A whole lot of things have been lost, and including just your worldview. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, yep. Um, so they do ride onward until they come to the fords on the River Isen, which they stretch from this bank and the opposite bank and meet in the middle on a little island. Uh, Tolkien teaches us a new word here, which is I looked it up. It's spelled E Y O T, but you say it like eight. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. Um, But yeah, he didn't actually make this one up, even though it sounds like it. It's apparently (laughs) uh, one of the little islands in the middle of a river that's just built up from sediment. So kind of like a sandbar, but big enough that then, yeah, you end up with like trees and stuff growing on it. Um, Hmm. But the word is mostly used for uh, ones in the Thames. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Very niche. how, How big do they have to be before they're actually like an island? Or are islands only in, like, lakes and oceans? Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think it's more just, like, I would call it an island, but if you're in the Thames, you give it this other word. That's fair. They have lots of special words. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's also called an isle at some point, which I think is another one that can be used a lot for, like, something in the middle of a river. Right. Yes. Anyway, fun new word. But also, the river is basically gone, which is bad uh and amr remarks that theoden has destroyed many fair things but also a whole river <laughs> what yeah doesn't he lot. remark that 
Saruman destroyed many families? Oh my god, Thanish. <laughs> oh my god. Ava remarks that Saruman has destroyed many fair things. Can you imagine? Like, thanks for making me your heir, but also, fuck you. You destroyed everything. <laughs> nope. Well, that's just on me. That's just a really bad <laughs> nope. <laughs> they, they had in the new destroyer of Rohan, guys. Sorry. Um, oh. Yeah. Anyway, Saruman took a whole river. That's bad. Theoden, meanwhile, laments having to go where so many of his men died in battle. Uh, and also, this is where his son died. So he, many of his men, though. Doesn't get mentioned hmm. at all. Not, no Theoden. Nope. But yeah, he died. There were two battles here. And so I think like the second was most recent. But Theoden died defending the eight. And this is also where Boromir lost his horse. Yeah. I think. Also I'm pretty sure. important, I guess. And but <laughs> we find out later that the horse lived. It just swam back to the other side yep. of the river that Boromir was supposed to be on, I guess. Yeah. The not dead horse. But yeah, this is literally I guess where Theodred died. I bring that up because it's funny and also it just shows weird weird river action. Mm -hmm. You know, at one point it must have been so high that the Ford didn't really act like much of a Ford. Mm -hmm. But now yeah, the whole no, entire river is gone. just gone. Yep. Yeah. And it is important to note, this is basically the only way across the river here. Mm -hmm. This is it. This is your way in. Um, but yeah. Nope. We don't, we don't really care about Theodred being dead. <laughs> um, Sorry, bro. But yeah. Maybe Theodred's uh, just being like super British about this and is like, emotions? Fuck that. I mean, fair. Very fair. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, wolves. Wolves are howling nearby. Um, Theoden thinks that his men have been left to be eaten by wolves. Uh, but Gandalf says it is not show, and he shows the work people have done raising a great mound on the island, which shall forever now watch and guard the fords of Isen. And it's pretty cool. And Theoden is like, Gandalf, did you do this also in your night's work? Uh, which. The answer is basically, yeah, I rode around and did a lot of errands. Uh, I wish I had shadow facts for my errand running. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, fewer people died than were rumored. So Gandalf mostly gathered some of the scattered men and brought some along to Helmsteep, sent some to guard Edoras, and then sent some to help build the mound. So, yay, so not as many dead. So it's not that Gandalf really, like, magicked the mound into being so much as he found worker bees. Yep. Pretty much. He's the he queen. He is bee. the queen. <laughs> I'm glad we both went there. <laughs> um, so, knowing that bodies are not being eaten by wolves, we ride onward, uh, crossing to the other side of the river and now riding along the riverbed. At midnight, they halt to rest and see a great column of smoke and vapor rising from Isengard. Uh, it's normal to see smoke rising from Isengard these days, but it Definitely seems like something extra, because it's actually more steam than smoke. And Amar thinks that Saruman is cooking up some devilry and boiling all of the water of the river. And Gandalf is once again super coy. Just like, I don't know what happened to the river. Rude. Mm. Yeah. I really, really, holy shit, love this idea that Saruman has dammed the river in order to boil it, in order to use it as a weapon. <laughs> I want to see that. 
right? I mean, think big. It would smell so bad. Maybe he it, just wants to make a lot of tea. You know what? I've been there. <laughs> I get it. Sometimes you just, the pot of tea isn't enough. You need a whole river. You know, fucking river of tea. <laughs> I it just I think that's one of the stupider things Amor has ever said. <laughs> Maybe he's boiling the river. <laughs> I mean, there's Where? no river. You see a bunch of steam. <laughs> it's not the worst idea. God. It's like are they all in individual cauldrons and that he's just gonna dump yes. off the top of Orthang? Are That's they... what the smoke was before was that he was smelting <laughs> all these cauldrons so he could have an entire <laughs> Isengard an... field full Forget of boiling 10, water. Forget ten thousand Urukai. He's got ten thousand cauldrons full of boiling water. And there's no fight against that. <laughs> double double toil and trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs Eye of Newt when you have the River Eisen? <laughs> oh. Okay. Aomar is my favorite now. <laughs> Best battle strategist ever. Well, good, he can be because Hama is dead, so. Oh, yeah. You yeah. can have a new favorite. Mm. Well. Aomar for president. <laughs> 2020. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So, anyway, <laughs> we're stopping to rest. <laughs> uh, and in the middle of the night, while everyone's resting, a cry comes from the watch, and everyone wakes up to see darkness moving on either side of them. Uh, Gandalf urges everyone to remain still, that it would pass. And it indeed does, but no one sleeps anymore. So, this was, uh, or correct me if I'm interpreting this incorrectly, but this was like the forest going home, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, great. Yep, that's, that's what I yep. thought. I'm glad we're all on the same page. Carrying on. Yeah. Uh, and then in a cutscene, we actually <clears throat> learn where the trees go on their way home. We learn about the plan for the orc bodies that have just been piled up by Helmsteep. Uh, in the middle of the night, there's a great noise. And then in the morning, the men find that the orcs are gone and also the trees. There's now a huge pit covered in stones to make a hill. They assume that the orc bodies are there, but no one ever knows because no one steps foot on it. And they name it the Death Down, and no grass ever grows on it. Was there... Okay, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there was something similar to this in the Silmarillion. Somewhere they buried a bunch of dead bodies. And then grass never grows. Right. Or maybe in the Silmarillion... They buried a bunch of good people, and it became really nice. <laughs> I'm not going to remember. One or the on. other. Uh, yeah. I was going to Google, like, Silmarillion I burial Silmarillion Simmer- <laughs> dead body hill. Surprise. Nothing showed up. <laughs> dead body hill. Um, the hill However, of the, the slain. However, the first thing that does show up is how many people die in the Silmarillion. <laughs> So there you go. Yes, um, it's a huge green mound um, in the middle of the burn and ruined land of Enfoglith. Hill of the Slain. Um, and it's so it was the mound that actually the orcs buried the bodies of the elves and Edain slain in the battle, mm-hmm. um, including Huar. Right. Um, and then his wife went to the mound and then laid down and died of grief. <laughs> 
Wait, there, <laughs> so, it was two names: the Hill of but, the Slain and Hill of the Slain, and also Hill of Tears. Yep. Right. Exactly. Okay. Life is sad. So part of the <clears throat> Nairnath are are no dear <laughs> You were so close. <laughs> Sometimes um, I read that word and I'm just like, I don't. There's no possible way. Yeah. Nope. Um. So yeah, it's like the exact inverse. It's like yeah. This one is one where nothing lives, and then that was one where, like, in the middle of all the dead stuff, it was, like, really nice and beautiful and green for the bodies of the good people. Because everyone knows that the (laughs) genetic makeup of the thing buried on a land affects how things grow. yield. Yep. That's how composting works. That's science. Although, Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe orcs don't compost well. I mean, that is fair. They could have, you know... Some like ichor they release and kind of poison the earth. Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes sense. Anyway, the earth didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> the, the trees got their revenge. So, good work, trees. Um, but yeah, no good catch with that that mound. I had forgotten about that. I had to until we were like I hadn't remembered it when I was reading the chapter, but just mm-hmm. now I was like, oh, wait, something is ticking yeah. in the back of my head. Um, so. We jump back to the traveling crew. Um, nothing else strange happened uh, during the night, except for the sudden rush of water that marked the return of the river. So, you know, just one other strange thing. Can you imagine trying to sleep there? I feel like there must be one dude, one dude who's just dead to it all. You know, he's right? just so tired. He's out. And everybody else is like, the forest is moving around us. The I river's like- randomly returned. What the fuck is like, going on? Joe, this- how are you still sleeping? <laughs> yeah. He's just like. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, after this nice sleepless night, uh, they do walk onward and come to the valley of Nand Kurinir, the wizard's veil. Vale. It was once a nice green place, but now it's just a barren wilderness. Uh, they come to a pillar with a carved hand on top of it, pointing towards Eisenkard, and uh, they know they're getting close. This is the, of course, obvious time for a geography and history lesson. So um, the area of Isengard was mostly made by the mountains, but also the Dunedain helped fashion it, and of course, Saruman did some stuff too. So there's a great ring wall of stone that extends from the mountainside around it, and there's only one entrance into the actual plane, uh, a single archway that cuts through the wall in a long tunnel and has iron doors on either end of it. But once you make it through the circle walls, inside is a plane shaped like a bowl about a mile across. And again, it was once really green and pretty, but now it's all stone pathways lined by chains with great shafts buried into the ground for the making of terrible things. And in the middle of all this is a tower fashioned by builders of old, but giving off the look of being riven from the bones of the earth. It's a tall peak of rock with four points at the top and a floor right in the middle of at the top, 500 feet up. And uh, it says, of course, Orthanc, uh, the tower of Saruman and formerly other people. Uh, and the mm-hmm. name Orthanc actually means two different things in two languages. In Elvish, it means Mount Fang, and in the old language of Rohan, it means the cunning mind. There you go. History lesson. Um, 
Well, I guess. Just as a quick aside with mm-hmm. another history lesson here. Uh, the Wizard's Vale, Nan Kurnir. So Kurnir is just what they what the elves call Saruman. So it's actually more like Saruman's Vale. Mm-hmm. But I think it's interesting that they call him Kurnir because his, as far as we are aware, original name when he was just a Maiar, or when he back when he was a Maiar and not like a physical being, was Kurumo. So it's mm. actually strangely oh. uh, similar, which like Gandalf's isn't. Because his name yeah. was Ol- Olerine, and they call him Mithrandir. Interesting. That's all. Carrying on. Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, so... Hmm. But yeah, for a long time, um, through these different people who lived there, it had been a strong and wonderful place, but Saruman shaped it to his purposes, and in what he thought was his image, but was actually just the machinations of Mordor. Uh, and there's this really great line here, how... Um, so that what he made was not only a little copy, a child's model or a slave's flattery of that vast fortress, armory, prison, furnace of great power, Barad-dur, the dark tower, which suffered no rival and laughed at flattery, biding its time, secure in its pride and its immeasurable strength. And a good reminder that, you know, Saruman himself was corrupted and is still just inferior nothingness to the great evil. And then you also remember that um, Sauron himself would probably be laughed at by Melkor. <laughs> oh, bless you, little little baby werewolf! You're trying so hard. Uh, so I was I was listening to a different podcast recently that I I really enjoy called Spirits, and on one episode they had somebody come on and talk about the the Silmarillion and and the myths in that, and it was really fun and interesting to listen to from my personal point of view because I kept being like, how could she gloss over this? But anyways, <laughs> um, but it occurred to me that like literally uh, Angband or whatever, you know, had had three volcanoes and and Mordor has, has, has one. Yep. So he literally was like, it's like the little baby version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, also kind of puts things in a perspective of terribleness, like... Oh, like everything that Saruman wrought is like nothing compared to, yeah, Mordor. He's got boiling water instead of, instead <laughs> of boiling water instead of lava. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he has lots of tea. Yeah, but yeah. Also interesting to remember that you know when we got back originally talking about Saruman, he right thought he could learn about the ring and learn what what Sauron intended for it and. He really did just like get kind of tricked by his own hubris. Yep. Ah, uh, sorry, mom. Um, oh, bro. But yeah. So after our lesson, the company rides on, but uh, the white hand on the column now looks stained with dried blood. Sort of ominous, but Gandalf doesn't care. So they just have to follow him. Uh, they come to the doors to. Isengard to find them torn away and the tunnel is broken open and inside the ring is a pool of water which is in fact sort of boiling so you know it's steaming it's hot water (laughs) I'll give you points Aomer and there's a whole bunch of you know like wreckage of beams and stuff like you know all sorts of terrible things were destroyed whatever because we don't really care about that at the gate 
there are two creatures hanging out. One is asleep and one is relaxing and blowing smoke rings. The figure who's smoking stands up and greets the company with much cheek. It is, of course, Mary and Pippin enjoying Yay. themselves terribly. Yay. Yay, Mary and I Pippin. I love this bit so much. It was so good. <laughs> Treebeard is in charge now, and he bid them to greet the Lord of Rohan with fitting words. And at do. this point, they do. They do. They try. Um, but so hard. Gimli finally cracks and asks, like, what about Legolas and me? You're grading they just him. him. It was so mean. I love it. Right? So I love it so much. How he's just like, la, 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 you're all welcome. Blah, 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 blah. And Gimli's like, what about us? Doesn't even look. Doesn't even look at them. Like, God, that was funny. Like, don't you miss us? You've led us on a wild goose chase, and now you're feasting and smoking. Uh, and Legolas is also incensed, but he instead wants to know where the wine is. I feel you, Legolas. <laughs> like, the same, same. Um, but yeah, so I, obviously at this, uh, Theoden is not a complete idiot, and he realizes that these are, of course, the two companions that they were searching for, and is also delighted to see yet another creature of legend before him. Halflings. I uh, love this idea like, that hobbits, hobbits are. Yeah, but uh, this idea that hobbits are just as mystical as Ents. Right? <laughs> it's so good. Like the little stories you hear as yeah. a child of halflings and Ents. One really little and one really tall. Um, I like it. It's Pip cute. It's, it's really cute. Um, Pippin uh, asked to be called hobbits, but he's also amazed to hear of someone who knows that they exist, which, you know, fair. Uh, Theoden comments that he's heard of, but don't really know much about them, and definitely not that they spouted smoke from their mouths. <laughs> and at this, oh, never give a hobbit a chance to talk about their favorite pastime. Uh, mm -hmm. Mary begins to go into the great history of the invention of pipeweed by Tobald Hornblower, a.k.a. Old Toby. <laughs> I like what you've written here. <laughs> um, Gandalf does interrupt because Theoden doesn't know what he's in for, and they have to go meet Treebeard. I love that, that like, Tolkien will give us an aside about the history of, like, a random rock, but here when somebody is literally going to give you an aside about the history of a random thing... He calls himself out on it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but see, you, by buying the book, knew what you were getting into. Theoden, right. by asking a right, hobbit of course. Yes, question yes. about smoking, didn't know. <laughs> um, so Theoden and Gandalf go off to meet Treebeard at the Northern Wall, and there will be food there found by the hobbits. Yay. Yay. That's how you know it'll be good food. Theoden promises that if they join him at Edoras, he will gladly listen to all of their stories about the deeds of their grandfathers and the creation of pipeweed, which is a very generous offer, and you still don't know what you're getting into, Theoden. <laughs> uh, and Pippin gets the closing line of the chapter at that, saying, <clears throat> So that is the King of Rohan, a fine old fellow, very polite. I, I miss them. Love them so much. It's so good. I'm pretty sure we don't have another battle lacking hobbits, so I'm really happy about that. Mm -hmm. Everything needs more hobbits. Yes. These two I, especially. Yeah. This chapter was really fun. Mm -hmm. So much friendship. Gimli and Legolas plan their honeymoon. Pippin and Mary get <laughs> drunk. Yep. 
I, I will say, you know, after we talked about my Boromir holding the ring moment earlier, um, mm-hmm. this is definitely one of those scenes I think they just like absolutely nailed the vibe of. Right. Yes. Like it's one every time I reread the book, I'm like, oh, my God, that's literally just like spot on just them sitting on a field of victory, enjoying a few well-earned mm-hmm. pleasures. Yep. Yep. It's so good. I And like they probably had it much easier than the people at Helm's Deep. But like the <laughs> fact that they get there and Pippin is literally asleep on the jump. Yep. <laughs> so good at guarding the gate. It's so good. Yeah. No, there was a bit where Gandalf is like, okay, so Treebeard's at the north. You're here. Is anyone watching Saruman? And there are a no. few ants over there. And I think one of them was Quickbeam. They like look over and they're like, oh yeah, that's Quickbeam over there. <laughs> Not moving. Possibly also sleeping on the job. Yep. Yep. <laughs> standing very still. Yeah. I was going to say, well, if he's standing up, definitely asleep. Oh... <laughs> <laughs> uh... Friendship. I want more Marion Pivot in my life. Yes, always. Have you ever watched the uh, special feature on the, you know, the extended edition DVD about this scene? No. Well, it, possibly, uh, but I don't remember what we're talking about. Uh, Billy Boyd and dude who plays Mary. Um. Also on Lost. Uh. Uh. Dominic. Dominic Monahan. Yes. Okay. So Billy Boyd and Dominic Monahan talk about how they played the scene on like various stages of inebriation (laughs) and like (laughs) peter jackson went with like the kind of drunk one but they went like kind of drunk and then they did one where they were really drunk and then they did one where they were kind of high and then they did one where they were really high (laughs) (laughs) and they had to go do some good research yeah of course and i think there's even an aside with um ian mckellen talking about Oh, like, what type of weed is it? I mean, in the 70s, it seemed very clear what type of weed it was. (laughs) Uh, I just, I love how, I mean, this is the friendship chapter, but that's like everyone in the movie is also like, had such a good time. Yeah. Friends. Friendship is nice. It is nice. Especially when hobbits are involved, which means food and drink. And And old Toby. (laughs) pipe with some sort of dried leaf yep <laughs> be it tobacco or not i do also <laughs> love that um they hadn't never really even heard of smoking before yeah very because i didn't in the movie was, everybody has a pipe yeah i wasn't sure it's if he'd true. like not heard of smoking or was just being really facetious but i assume it comes across as him being serious because, hmm? it comes across as him being serious because you know our hobbits take him seriously mm-hmm. but um i just i honestly cannot imagine mankind without smoking middle ages yeah i mean mm-hmm. there's not much to in do in the in the hobbit the book the dwarves all have pipes right yeah yep and i'm not so i'm not like confusing that with the movie in rohan i think they all have pipes so he must just be facetious Maybe only hobbits do, like, smoke ring tricks. Nobody else has <laughs> decided to play with their tobacco yet. Yeah. And he and, did say or he's whatever been very insular, so maybe, That's true. maybe he doesn't know about smoking. But Okay, but if it's a serious comment, I love the idea that hobbits invented smoking. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and it's not totally an absurd idea because, you know, the dwarves from the Blue Mountains kind of came mm-hmm. through and by and around, and they had some dealings with hobbits, so... That's true. 
the hobbits might have been the origin of smoking. I like it. There we go. What a legacy to leave the world. Yeah, we've decided. <laughs> All right. Anyone have anything they want to talk about? Any favorite lines? I hope we get to see some of Legolas and Gimli's honeymoon. <laughs> yeah. And really, my favorite line was anything and everything said by Marion Pippin in this chapter. Mm-hmm. And that whole passage you read by Gimli. You covered pretty much all the good stuff. <laughs> I know what you need. Yeah. I just love, I love when Gimli gets going. You know, sometimes, sometimes Tolkien forgets he exists, but then sometimes <laughs> Gimli just gets set loose and it's a good I, time. I feel like when we were with, like, technically we were with much more dwarf like culture and company in The Hobbit. But I feel like we saw it all from Bilbo's perspective. Mm-hmm. So we didn't get much like, oh, this is what a dwarf is. We got like, what are these dwarves doing and why? Right. And we actually get this from the dwarf's mouth, as it were. Yeah. Because it's, it's, that whole passage is kind of told from Gimli's perspective. Like, it's all third person, obviously. But you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. No, and I think it, it kind of reflects also, likewise, back on um, when Gimli was like, no, we need to detour to see this rock. Yeah. You know, and go, yeah. Like, look at I, the lake. Yeah. I I kind of wish, well, obviously I wish Tolkien had lived longer and written more, but it would be nice to see like a Silmarillion type thing about the dwarves. Yeah. Just to see, just to get more of them and to see how they tell their own history. Right. They have so much interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. There've got to be papers somewhere, right? I would really love to hear. Oh, I would think so. Their creation myth about themselves, mm-hmm. and not <laughs> their creation myth as written in the Elvish history, right? Yeah, because in the Elvish one, it was like this dude created dwarves, and then God was like, "Not until after elves, you ass." So I, but I'd I actually like to just re-listen to that episode. <laughs> yeah. So I'd be very interested in hearing what the dwarves say about all that. Mm-hmm. Evil elves kept us buried under the mountain. Right. And that's it. Everyone talks so much about Durin. Like, I want more of your Durin mythology. Yes. I mean, there might all be stuff the in, like, the Lost Tales and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. But, but yeah. No, give that. me a full set of myths. Yeah. The dwarven Silmarillion. <laughs> the Obviously, Dwarmerillion? <laughs> The the Ar- Arkenstonian. <laughs> or like the Nauglamir Lian. <laughs> all right. Now we're just right, getting weird. All right. All right. Yep. Let's, let's end it there. All right. So thank you for listening. Next week, your homework is book three, chapter nine, Flotsam and Jetsam. Which are also the name... Yeah, I was just going to say, presumably not the eels from The Little Mermaid. (laughs) I mean, you can watch The Little Mermaid for homework if you want. Or get sushi. Also good homework. I do love sushi. I just had sushi with Rachel. It was fantastic. Yeah. All right, so your homework. Eat sushi, read the chapter, come back next week, send us a picture. Oh, yeah. Send us a picture of your sushi and make us... I'd say make us jealous, but I live in, like, the best sushi place in North America, so. Unless you're in Japan. Mm-hmm. That's not in it's North America, not hold so. Up. But where can you do that, Caitlin? Uh, you can send us your pictures <laughs> of sushi at ToReadTolkien on Twitter or to our email, uh, which is wanttoreadtolkien at gmail.com. If you wish to support us, 
in a monetary manner, you can at patreon.com slash so you want to read Tolkien, where you can also find some extra bloopers and some interviews with friends and that sort of thing. And if you don't wish to support us in a monetary value, but still wish to support us somehow, you can always tell a friend about us and get them to also listen to us discuss The Lord of the Rings in a most ridiculous manner. And I've been Caitlin. I've been Rachel. And I've been Emmy. And we will see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.